it's been a while since you've done this. So, uh, how is, how are you feeling about it all? I'm just taking it day by day and trying to stay in the moment. I mean, right now I'm really focused on rehearsals and, um, and the live performance. So that's where my attention is at the moment. Okay. So let's talk about that. What is, how are the live performances going to manifest themselves? Do you have a band? Uh, what's happening? Yeah, we're, we're staying, we're remaining a trio, um, which is how we traveled um, for much of not even happiness. Um, and we'll have synth and uh, violin. And at times we'll have our friend Mary Lou Donovan playing harp. Oh, cool. And, um, but yeah, my collaborators, uh, Jake Falby and Katie Von Schleicher, they're, they're both going to be like quite versatile in these live sets. And um, thankfully, everyone is a multi-instrumentalist and we're going to be making good use of, <laughs> good use right. of that knowledge. Yeah. I'm um, sure. Yeah. And, and do the songs take any, do you have to think about them in a different way once you're, when you're performing live as opposed to when you're doing the recordings? Oh, of course, it's uh, in some ways it's radically different. And in others, I'm sort of conjuring, you know, the the atmosphere that the songs came from. Right. Um, but playing live is a completely different experience because it's it's one that is collective and shared and um, and something that I've missed very much. So for, why has it taken you so long to come up with this new record? And it's been a while since you toured. I know there are a few reasons. What ones do you want to talk about? Mm. Well, I guess in my mind, it doesn't, um, I, I, well, I mean, there, there are many, there are many reasons, um, one being that the songs in and of themselves are are stories that needed to be lived out um, and that took time. And I would say, you know, in that way, patience and honest effort are important aspects of my practice. But I I think only... I think, um, you know, the the industry standards are different than my own, uh -huh. uh, you know, the, my own um, relationship with time as it pertains to my work, and um, and it it takes the time that it takes, and um, right. and yeah, I mean, another, and I mean, obviously, another reason is that I. You know, I suffered, we all suffered um, the loss of one of our closest friends and my and my main collaborator who produced Not Even Happiness and uh, much of the greater wings. And, you know, anyone who's lived through loss um, understands what an ongoing process that is. Right, right, right. So yeah, I know that the the recording session started in Chicago in 2020, and then you had to resume them um, 
2022 with Alex Summers. So when you got to back together with Alex, well, first of all, tell me a little bit of how you and Alex worked together and what that was like up in the Catskills there, putting, finishing the record off. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, the, the recording began with Eric Lippman of Phantom Posse and Phantom Power um, in Chicago in early 2021 and we the earliest um tracks were done the earliest tracking was done in the living room of eric's apartment and he lived on the eighth floor of what was an old hotel that had been originally built for the world's fair and then was converted into a part you know, apartment building, uh, apartments right. many years later. And um, yeah, and so that, so it, we would we would work at night and on the weekends because he had a job um, as a lab manager at University of Chicago. Um, and so we would work by night and we started there. And then we took our, we took the recordings out to New York to record with Mary Lou Donovan on harp and then to Los Angeles to work with our longtime uh, friend, Jake Falby, who did all of the string arrangements. And, um, you know, and then it was only a month after that that Eric died and um, the project was put on hold for half a year. And um, then we resumed in the Catskills in early 2022 with Alex and, um, and many of our, you know, many of our friends from New York were coming through the recording sessions too, to either just offer moral support or, um, you know, contribute musically. Uh But Alex, um, I mean, being, being a producer is such, is such an art. It's so much more than, you know, technical skill and vision it's also a a grace uh in relationship uh like a grace of of relationship and i i think that he was um just such a a warm and supportive kind of grounded presence in what was obviously a very difficult um experience and Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have I have nothing but gratitude for for who Alex is. I, I feel really blessed to to um, to finish this out with with him. So, how did you come across him, Alex? Um, I I met him at a festival in the high desert outside of Phoenix, Arizona, um, many years ago, and I mean I was also a Cigarros fan as a teenager. Uh-huh. And so I was, so I guess, in, you know, in a sense, um, I'd been kind of, you know, following him, Alex, for a long time. And, um, but then, and, but I mean, it, it was, we would see each other here and there and it had something of a friendship, but it wasn't until we were connected through ghostly um who, you know, the label that's putting out this record that we started 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that that we really kind of started getting to know each other and working together. Okay. Now, one of the things I think you got up to in between the the releases of your last the record and this one was you were doing some work in Portugal. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I think Moonless was written in Portugal. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about how that came about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have toured in Portugal before, and um, it was through uh, a cultural center in in Faro that was in collaboration with um, the community center in Culatra, which was the name of the island um, that we did this residency on. Uh, they they organized um, lodging for two weeks, and I lived out there in a very small house um, by the sea. I mean, it's a small, Kulatra is a small barrier island, uh, part of part of a chain of islands in southern Portugal, and it um, is mostly a, a, a fishing economy and there it's only accessible by boat or ferry and there are no cars on the island and um yeah it was it was it was it was from that yeah it was from that time i would i would take long walks at night and um i was there on the night of the new moon and I had um, never, I had never seen a darkness like that looking out onto the ocean and being so far from the city I yeah and so moonless the title for moonless and some of the imagery came from Kulatra uh-huh. and my understanding is that was the first song you'd written on piano is that correct yes mm-hmm, it is so what, what kind of motivated you to do that just a hunger to explore and stay curious. Um, I, you know, as a musician, I want to be a lifelong learner. And I'd been wanting to, I'd want, I'd been hoping to pick up piano for a while. And I actually did take a, a group piano class in a community college that I'd attended in Chicago, which is where the piano music from on my first record came from uh-huh. um, called piano music for Lucy. But in terms of the first like de- deliberate compositions that I wrote, um, I, uh, yeah, I started, I started taking lessons um, as a 28 year old on the piano. And those were the first music lessons of my life. And <laughs> yeah, it just it really opened me up so much and um such a different way of working than how i work on the guitar and just kind of yeah just expanded my practice so have you since worked uh, written more songs on the piano i have yes yes i have mm-hmm. some one that will be heard on this record and um a few that will be on the next one uh, i'm guessing death is the diamond might be one of those is that true mm-hmm. yes Now, you mentioned Mary Lou Donovan, and I can hear her vividly on Summer Glass. Yes. um, Which I think I've also read is kind of the, you you consider kind of the heart, that track, the heart of the record. So is that true? And if 
maybe you can tell me a little bit about how it came together and what Mary Lou contributed to the tune. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It's so funny. Mary Lou is actually my neighbor. We live in the same building. So I'm on the, <laughs> it is very convenient. I'll, I'll walk down and pass through the foyer and hear, hear the, the beautiful sounds of her playing. Um, I do, I do feel that summer glass is is kind of a core statement of the record. And I would say Eric's synth work is the heartbeat of that song. And I would also say the the kind of apex of our collaboration. I think it's one of the best things that we've ever done together. And it's something I'm really proud of. Um, he, yeah, that, that arpeggiated synth part just um, kind of drew me deeper and deeper into its universe and, um, and, it, and it really evoked so much lyrically. Um, I was also looking, uh, I, was, I felt like very influenced by the work of Nan, by the visual work of Nan Golden at the time. And that kind of has an imprint on Summer Glass. But in, term, in terms of Mary Lou's playing on that song, um, that's when Eric and I, Eric and I drove to New York from Chicago and he brought a portable recording setup in his suitcase. And we did, yeah, we were staying in the East Village and we took the train out to her place in Queens and she recorded her part in her living room. We just set up shop there and yeah, she laid down, she laid down her part. And it kind of segues into Summer's End. Do you look at those two tracks as kind of one solid piece of work? Mm. I don't see them as one piece of work. Summer's End is meant to sonically, you know, cleanse the palate and offer space to um i guess i guess let let the let the a side of the record um metabolize and summer's end is 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 a romantic title it it's personal to hmm. me it, it's um it's uh referencing a song that eric wrote for me when we first met and it was a beautiful song on the nylon string guitar and it's called summer's end uh -huh. so when people listen to the these songs is it important for you to for them to listen to them in the running order that you've kind of created for them starting with the greater wings and finishing with death is the diamond well i mean i that's the that's the truest presentation of the record. We actually spent uh, an an inordinate amount of time on the sequencing. The sequencing of the record actually became its own art. I was it took a month. It took a month of just 
the sheer deliberation and like listening to the songs in so many different orders. And, and it was really through a lot of time and trial and error and conversation and, and, you know, that it finally became right. But of course I leave it up to, you know, the songs take on their own life once they're released. So I, I just, I leave it to the listener always, you know, no rules, but. (laughs) Just kind of, off you go into the world. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm assuming that these songs were written a while ago, and you've probably been writing since then. Is that is that the case? Do you have a backlog of things that you're kind of looking forward to releasing ultimately? I do, yeah. I have um, an EP coming out on Rough Trade ah. uh, as kind of an addendum to this album, but... They're uh, all new songs, and they're um, it's part of a, a project a project that I'm working on here in New York with my friends called Laugh Cry Laugh, and um, then I've started working on just the next the next body of songs, and right. um, yeah, and I'm eager. I'm I'm eager. I'm eager to return to. Yeah, to, to be immersed in in uh, in a in a writing practice again. Sounds good. So it won't be five, six, seven years between uh, takes this time around. <laughs> Who can say? Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Who can say? I remain. Uh, I remain on the on the edge of that mystery. 